From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Philip Henry Goss was a young Englishman who spent almost a year in the Alabama Black Belt during the time of the Trail of Tears and enslavement. Goss collected and illustrated plants and insects in 1838 around Pleasant Hill, Alabama. Gary Mullen, professor of entomology emeritus, joins us by Skype from Auburn, where he is preparing a lecture series for the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. Professor Gary Mullen, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Gary, you and I have talked before because you're a scholar about Philip Henry Gosh. You did an article for the Encyclopedia of Alabama and also with Taylor Littleton. You did Science and Art in Letters from Alabama, and it has a further title. Share that with us. That is Entomologia Alabamensis, and this is the name Goss gave to his collection of watercolors that he painted while he was here in Alabama. You know, he came to Alabama at an interesting time. He was an Englishman who sort of worked his way south from Canada. He went to Newfoundland for a while and seemed to be a self-taught scientist. Can you elaborate on his background? Indeed, he was. His education only went through a boarding school and homeschooling until the age of 15, at which he had to drop out for employment. But in the meantime, his father, in particular, had a profound influence. Uh, he was well-educated, widely read, very well-trained in the liberal arts and the classics. And so he read copiously, especially about natural history and about adventure travels overseas and became fascinated with particularly insects and marine organisms when he was still in his teens. He came to America by way of Philadelphia, and he got a job that assigned him to Alabama. What was that job? Well, he met Timothy Conrad in Philadelphia at the time, a specialist in fossilized mollusks. And some of the best deposits in the world are in the bluffs near Claiborne, Alabama, overlooking the Alabama River. And so he had been a number of years making trips to Alabama and the Claiborne area where he was collecting these fossils. It was Timothy Conrad that wrote him a letter of introduction to the planters in that same area who were looking for a schoolmaster. And that's exactly how he ended up coming from Philadelphia and arrives in 1838 in the Dallas County area near present Pleasant Hill. 1838. This was around the time of the Cherokee Trail of Tears and the Creek Trail of Tears. And that got to him emotionally. Also, when he ended up in the Alabama Black Belt, he was emotionally affected by enslaved people. Very much so. In fact, you mentioned his earlier years in Canada, and he became very sympathetic to the treatment of the Native Americans in Canada as well that were very poorly treated. And by this time, slavery had already been abolished in England for some years. And so when he gets to Alabama with his British accent that they taunted him about. Uh, he was an outsider and never really quite fit in. So he was very much disturbed by the treatment of the slaves and felt very uncomfortable. This was still during kind of the frontier period where it was still rough pioneer 
country. So uh, it turned out that he just learned very quickly that he couldn't express his concern or problems with slavery. And a few months later, he stopped even recording in his journal and uh, was concerned about people intercepting his letters that he wrote home and just felt very uncomfortable because of that situation. It was tempered by his fascination with the natural history, but he was pretty much a loner and just didn't quite fit in. And with his particular passion for insects and wandering around with a butterfly net, that didn't endear him to these local folks in that very, very early plantation period. Well, Gary, his father had been an artist. He did miniature portraits. Obviously, that talent translated to his son, Philip Henry. And fortunately, while Philip Henry Goss was in Pleasant Hill, Alabama, teaching school, he illustrated what he saw, the insect world. A lot of what is in the book that you and Taylor Littleton did, plants, butterflies, moths, dragonflies, mantises, crickets, grasshoppers, walking sticks, and June bugs. We have this legacy of this man. What speaks to you about his art and his science? Like everything else, it was just kind of a matter of circumstances that he developed this interest that started illustrating using his father's technique, painting in minute detail. He just had this passion for insects and started illustrating insects. And what he did is he had a sketchbook in which page after page, with no practice, any mistakes he made, they were, you know, permanent. And it's just extraordinary to see that he took this technique and illustrated almost any insect. And with a particular interest in butterflies, the more colorful, the larger showy beetles, and gives us a very nice representation of the common insects in Dallas County during that early plantation period here in Alabama. Gary, is there a special quote you would like to share with the listeners that sort of captures the spirit of Philip Henry Goss? When he arrived, he had a 10-mile walk to Pleasant Hill. He took 10 hours to do that. Quote him, he says, With the day before me, I was not disposed to hurry on my journey, especially as the many charming things were every instant catching my attention. He was particularly fascinated with what he called the original forest. And again, I'm quoting, he says, There is an inexpressible grandeur in these primeval forests. Many of the trees are of immense magnitude, and their trunks rise like pillars from the soft and damp soil, shooting upward in columnar majesty. And then he goes on to say, just to walk in the forest alone is a high gratification. And for those that have not been in the area, of course, you can't really appreciate it. But if you read what he says and you have a little imagination and you do go to walk in his steps, not only the forest, but what is described about agriculture and the plantation life, but the prairie. He had an open prairie that he did a lot of his collecting, and so he describes each of these with, with remarkable passion. The Black Belt Prairie. Gary, you're going to be doing a lecture series on Philip Henry Goss. Can you give us the details for the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute? Yes, I will be presenting a short course. It's titled Philip Henry Goss, Naturalist Artist in Alabama, 1838. And it will be scheduled on Tuesdays from September 13th to October 5th. And isn't there a companion exhibition of his work? Yes, there, there is. It will be opening on September 8th. This is titled Philip Henry Goss, A Naturalist Sojourn in Alabama. 
and it's a uh, an exhibition of reproductions of Goss's works, and this is sponsored by the Alabama Audubon Society. That will be 4 p.m. on September 8, and that will be held in the College of Nursing here on the Auburn University campus, followed by a formal reception and opening of the exhibit at Sunny Slope immediately following that public lecture. Can you tell us where your listeners can find out more? You can go online to the website is auburn.edu slash O-L-L-I. Gary, I want to thank you for talking with us about this remarkable naturalist and artist, Philip Henry Goss. Thank you so much for joining us today by Skype. Well, my pleasure. Thank you. Joining us by Skype was Gary Mullen, professor of entomology emeritus and author of several books about naturalist and artist Philip Henry Goss. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.